You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Tired, but ready to kick off. Do we play yet? When do we play? Uh, we should play Saturday as traditional. Um, oh, great. Man. And I believe we're going to have a crossover episode tomorrow, I hope. If, if it's not tomorrow, maybe it'll be the day after tomorrow. I got to get the Locked On Arkansas guys and see if me and you can get together with them. And if you can't, then I will and yada, 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 all that junk. We'll do our best to get the Locked On Arkansas guys on because, frankly, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know a lot about Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched them play, but I don't mm-hmm. know a bunch about them. Um, yep. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, hey, what's this Arkansas team we hear all about? So They got new dudes. I mean, that's that's one of the things I, I agree. I, I think having a, a crossover is a good idea because I know, other than maybe Missouri, I know less about their personnel than anyone else in the league, and it's really because they have all new guys, and a couple of them are good. They have a young – linebacker and a young defensive back that are going to be all SEC this year. I mean, uh, first team, second team, they'll be on one of the teams. I mean, they're, uh, they're, they're really good, especially the DB Catalone. I think his name is C-A-T-O-L-O-N. Um, he's been a Probably big time standout. Up his stomach. <laughs> um, I'll need one. I'll need one after today's work day. Yeesh. Well, let me take a minute so that we can both revel in the schadenfreude, I think that's how you pronounce it, the German word for enjoying other people's misery, um, and laugh wholeheartedly at LSU because it appears that people are beginning to transfer out of that program like nobody's business. They, they are people hitting the portal faster than Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't even think they were calling it the portal down there. They're floating doors, like at the end of Titanic. They're jumping Good. on the floating doors. Or Stargate. It's like everybody's going into Stargate and ended up in some other uh, uh, campus. But uh, Rick Gilbert, who I love, who you and I last year on this very podcast, I think we were doing the podcast at this point last year when he committed. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, I think. Yeah, and, weren't we recording when he committed? And, and I think we had just recorded, and the the talk was all every crystal ball had him going to Alabama. I remember that vividly. Yeah. Um, and then he shocked the world and committed to LSU because I remember checking the boards, and it was like uh, I think he just punked us, and everybody's like, "No, that's a joke. He's going to put on an Alabama hat any minute now." And I think there's still some people going any minute now, uh, nine months later. But um, he did. I think I remember LSU. thinking if he wasn't signing with Alabama, if he wasn't picking Alabama, he was going to go to Georgia. And that's what nobody LSU, LSU, that was, was the, in the That was the shock. The yeah. shock was LSU. So anyway, um, he's transferring. It appears. I don't know where he's transferring. He's, they're they're chalking it up to homesickness. Um, if that's the case, I mean, you got to assume he's going to stay somewhere close to home, which i.e. Georgia, but they already have Darnell Washington. Is it Darnell or Daryl? Darnell. I, I thought it was Darnell. Um, yeah. But as soon as I said it, I was like, that doesn't sound right. How about D-Wash? They already have D-Wash. And, um, y- you know, you, you got to wonder if they're 
boy, would they have the two five-star tight ends from the same class on the same team? That'd be kind of bizarre. I can't imagine he'd want to go deal with that. So, um, boy, I would love to get him in Alabama. I don't think it'll happen, but I would love for him to transfer over here and just, you know, make the world right. If he's homesick, you would think Georgia, which isn't that far from Atlanta, or even Georgia Tech, who has who has cleaned up in the portal. Oh, yeah. Well, let me see where he's not going. He's not going to Auburn because they have signed 32 tight ends and zero offensive linemen. So he's not going to Auburn. Um, and I know he's close to Atlanta, but he ain't doing that. So I think he's going to go somewhere like in Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, like you said. And as I said, Georgia's already got uh, the other five-star tight end from that class. So I doubt he goes there. I don't, I don't guess this unheard of. Or maybe, just hear me out, and even though this probably doesn't uh, help the homesickness, he could go to Florida and be the heir apparent to Kyle Pitts, which I don't want him to do because Alabama plays Florida next year. No, that's an excellent uh, that's an excellent point. I mean, Florida. I mean, if if you're homes, that's that's the thing. And who knows, homesick could be just one hundred percent spent because LSU is saying that Eric uh, Gilbert has not has not he he hasn't said anything like that. So that might be LSU spin. But if it is truthful, if it is homesickness then why would he go someplace far from home again? But that said, uh, Florida does make a lot of sense. One thing you got to look at, I don't think he worries too much about competition, but uh, Georgia does have a senior tight end, Trey McKitty, who's going to play in the senior bowl. He's been their primary tight end. Of course, Alabama loses Miller Forrestal, who's been our primary tight end, but return Billingsley, a tight end we're excited about. Um, Georgia does have Washington, but Florida losing Kyle Pitts, I'm not sure who their heir apparent is, but uh, that's got to be appealing to, hey, here's an offense that has featured the tight end. Now, that being said, I would tell Gilbert, hey, before you go, you might want to watch film of Emory Jones. I, I, don't, I don't think yeah. Emory Jones is going to be able to get you the ball like Trask <laughs> gets it to Pitts, you know, so there's that. Well, well not only that, um, if it were going to be Florida, why wouldn't he opt out? After this week, because he's getting a free visit to Florida this week, it would have been hilarious. It would have been like, remember that scene in Wildcats when the player was taking bribes to uh, throw the game, and he ended up on the other sideline or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, that's that. Coach Order would be like, "Why is a Rick Gilbert over there on the Florida sideline?" <laughs> Man, your O is catching fire right about the time he's getting fired. Oh, I, I know. It's, that's that's just my luck. I'm nailing down the Coach O impression, and he gets fired. Let, let me tell you who's we'll be, not going to be on the SEC network, Coach O. Yeah. We'll I be mean, doing our podcast. We'll have the best podcast in the South next year that features the best impersonation of the head coach at San Jose State. <laughs> but can you imagine Coach O on the SEC network? Yeah, I think right now what we're doing with a double X T – Split out wide, throw it to the running back, and, and I can see Roman Harper go and do what now? <laughs> it was kind of like remember the mistake the SEC Network or was it SEC Network that put Les Miles on, and he was really pretty bad on TV. I oh, mean, God. I guess they thought Les Miles is so funny, this is going to be great, and it like wasn't great at all. He he just wasn't was funny. It was just like I can't recall one thing he ever said. I mean, I mean, it was like he was quiet, not not funny and not insightful. Ugh. But other than what that, a horrible job he's doing to Kansas. I mean, do you know that Kansas is giving up 50 points per game? 50. 
I would have loved to have played Kansas this year. Uh, We'd score 305 points in the first half. Well, if you're a Kansas fan, you know this. You need a cold quarters light to take the edge off. It's been a rough year. It's going to continue to be a rough year. Uh, but 2020 is almost over. So what you need to go do is stock up on Coors Light for your big 2020 get-the-hell-out-of-here party. It's going to blow up in 2021. Everything's going to be coming up roses and coming up Coors Light. You need to go get this beer. It's the beer made to chill. Your whole life is go, 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 go. Well, Coors Light's going to say, hang on there a second, buddy. Let's all take a deep breath and chill out and pop open this crisp, cold refreshment and you know i say crisp it really is it's like um it's like an an apple but that makes you feel good and it just it's it's fantastic um so check out coreslight.com the silver bullet we all know it it's fantastic there is also a rumor it keeps it kills well werewolves but i'm not sure if that's true but keep a coors light just in case you, ever, you have you ever seen a werewolf in colorado i bet you haven't that's true. And it is 2020. If there's ever going to be a werewolf, it's here. We got about three weeks left for a werewolf appearance. Um, so get a Coors Light. Go check them out at CoorsLight.com. It's the beer made to chill. We want you to celebrate responsibly. But, you know, go to Golden, Colorado, where this is brewed. It's so much fun. I've toured the facility. Go check them out. CoorsLight.com. Also want to thank Built Bar. Oh, my gosh, Jimmy. We just got an email the other day. I, I think you're on the email chain. From the powers that be, from the Locked On Network, they said, you know what? Built Bar has appreciated all the uh, the, the stuff that w- everybody said about them on, on the Locked On Network and, and how much sales are kicking butt. So they're going to send us some more samples of Built Bar. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got some stocking stuffers, baby. But it's my stocking I'm going to be stuffing because I'm not giving these Built Bars away because I love them. The carrot cake, delicious. You want it? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off your order. I'm not kidding, folks. These things are fantastic. Look, I've eaten a bunch of good stuff. I've eaten a bunch of crap. This definitely follows in the upper echelon of good stuff for me. I love Built Bar. Go visit them. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Use the promo code locked on. Jimmy, um, BOL uh, put their nuggets out there in a, uh, not a literal sense. Um, Yikes. Yeah, I know. Okay. Like what Boy, happened Tim with Najee? Like what happened with Najee the other day? <laughs> oh God, Najee did take a shot right to the groin, and I, it was it was not funny. But but uh, I was watching it with uh, with actually an, an Auburn couple that we're friends with, and um, he it was kind of funny because he sat there the whole time just jealous as shit. I was like, Oh, y'all threw with the ball downfield? What's that like? <laughs> and um, and, and complete it? Oh my God! Um, you can do that. It's a double whammy, uh, but the the wives that that's were, what Najee uh, took. Yeah, the double the whammy said, uh, "Oh my God, he's he's hurt. What do you you think it's his ankle?" I said, "Nope, that's his nuts." Um, <laughs> he got he, he took a helmet to the nuts. We're like, "Wow, that seems like that would hurt." And like me and the other guy were already wincing just thinking about it. Like that would have put me out for the year. I mean, I, I just have been like, you know what? I'm opting out right now because my, my my nuts have opted out, so I am too. It almost put me out for the year, and I just watched it happen. That's what I mean. I mean, I, I'm, if your nuts opt out, I think you got to go with them. I mean, y'all are y'all are literally joined at the hip or in between the hips, you know? Um, Literally, yeah, it was bad. That was a that was a tough one. 
That was a tough one. So, uh, BOL put some nuggets out there. I don't think this is unfair to go over this. I'm not going to read anything verbatim because people should subscribe to BOL. Uh, our podcast is free. You can always listen to it. So the money you save with our podcast, go spend it over at the good people with BOL. They're, they're great. I really do love them. They're, they're, they, they do the best job of, of all things Bama outside of Crimson Country Club and this podcast. Uh, BOL is fantastic. Um, but – uh, he he talked about Xavier Worthy. He talked about Kool-Aid McKinstry, but he's already committed, so I don't think we need to go into that too much. Uh, talked about Xavier Worthy and basically said, look, it's it's essentially back and forth 50-50. He's going to make an announcement on December 16th, um, and it feels like it's going to end up being Alabama, but it's, it's no codlock. I, I think this is going to come right down to the wire. Yeah, I think there's two wide receivers out there that Alabama is really focused on to be the fourth receiver. And you're like, gosh, is Alabama signing four? Well, there's only eight on scholarship total. Uh, you lose Devontae Smith, you lose Waddle, there's six. Then you worry about maybe losing a transfer too. So, yeah, signing, signing four, I think, was always the plan. Uh, and then you could end up with five because I don't know if you have the room if you turn Worthy or Brian Thomas away, but – that's where the focus is. Xavier Worthy, Brian Thomas, Thomas more of the long limb possession guy, Worthy more of the super fast rugs guy. Um, both great national top 100 type prospects. They would be a super addition to what's already a great wide receiver group. Uh, I don't really have a strong preference. Uh, I suppose, gun to my head, I would take Worthy over Thomas just basically because of, of how well he runs. So I would take Worthy over Thomas, but I would also be extremely excited to land Brian Thomas because he's so good. He he might be better. He could prove better, prove to be better than the three guys who already got Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary, and Ajay Hall. So uh, gosh, what a great wide receiver group. And uh our wide receiver coach doesn't get a ton of attention, but uh, you know it's really unfair if you think about it. Uh our wide receivers have played exceptionally well. Everyone points to the talent. But in terms of producing on the field and then recruiting his position, Holman Wiggins might be doing as good a job as anybody we got, and uh, and people never talk about him in those terms. Um, Yeah, and I look, I'm with you. I The highlight film tells me I won't worthy as much as any wide receiver in the class. But given how much I enjoyed – uh, Devontae Smith going back to his home state and whipping ass. I kind of wish Brian Thomas would come here and do the same. So I'm, I'm sort of like you. I'll take either one, but I'll definitely take both too. Um, I'm, I'm down with that. Defensive line-wise, they bring up the five stars, Shamar Turner and Mason Smith, also uh, Tunisia Dele. And uh, they, boy, it wasn't super optimistic on any of them. I, I would say, right. you know, if we can just get one of these guys, I'll feel – Ecstatic, right. um, but if we the the one I'd want the most obviously is Mason Smith, but uh, Shamar Turner is certainly no runner up, yeah. and, and neither is a delay. All all of those guys are great players. Uh, all of them. Uh, we, we should be thrilled. I mean, Shamar Turner would probably be my favorite of the three myself, but but you should be thrilled to get any of those three. And we may finish in second for, uh, you know, might finish second to A&M with two of them and then LSU for Mason Smith. Could, and uh, that would be unfortunate, but Alabama already has four defensive linemen in this group. And secondly, I'm going to be a broken record about this next week. 
uh, assuming that Alabama does fall short and we don't sign all the players people would like to sign, it leaves spots for transfers. And I'm just trying to head this off just because I know it's going to make me mad even though I've said it a thousand times. Fans have got to understand, transfers count against the 25 number, not just the 85 number. So if we end up short, we have room to add a transfer like, say, Arik Gilbert. But if we sign every single one of these recruits that we want and Arik Gilbert calls Alabama and says, you know what, I want to come there, he can't because you have to count against the 25. So if Alabama ends up short, that is not a reason to go, oh, crap, this didn't work out well at all. Oh, hell, it might work out perfect because you left a spot or two for a transfer. How about a transfer punter? How about a transfer like Arik Gilbert who just falls into your lap? So if Alabama ends up short, that's fine. That's just – that's another – what it is is another opportunity. So – you know, I would love to sign those guys. If we don't, we can still make some lemonade there. Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue down this list. Another defensive lineman or two here, uh, JT Tolomayu. I think that's how you spell it, but I don't know if hey. that's how you say it or not. Uh, Tui Malawawa. Um, I'll learn it, and I'll say it just like I learned DJ Uyungalele. I, I got oh, that nice. rolls off the tongue now. Um, nice. But uh, he's out there. It's really an Alabama, Ohio State thing. And the one thing in Alabama's favor, he's never been to Ohio State. So uh, maybe that That's helps. He's the number one player in the country, according to some uh, some sites. And then how about Lee Hunter from down there, your neck of the woods at Blunt, tweeting out at 3.30 in the morning the other night that, you know, God's kind of telling me as my recruitment should still be open, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if that'll happen. I don't know if Alabama is really going to pursue him. But part of me, again, wants to take him just to piss Auburn off. Uh, I also think he's a good player. So he would, you know, if you rank these guys one through five, he'd probably be the fifth choice. And and you could base that solely on the rankings. He's the fifth best ranked right. of the bunch. But uh, I like Mobile defensive linemen. So, yeah, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Oh, I would be excited, uh, listeners to our podcast. No, even before Locked on Bama, he was a talking Tuscaloosa favorite three years ago. I've been talking about Lee Hunter for a long time, still like him. He had a kind of a strange senior year that hurt him in the rankings. And at one point he was opting out, not even playing this season because of COVID. Then he, then he joined the team late, and then I'm not sure he was in shape. And then Blunt had this kind of disjointed year with a lot of cancellations. And he had all that up, and he just fell. But – uh the kid I saw in the 11th grade is damn sure good enough to play football for Alabama. So I, I, I would be excited, not to mention he's the best. It, it's fun to take one from Auburn. When he, he's their best guy. He's probably the best guy in the whole class, you know, headed to Auburn. So it, it would be a big deal in that way. And, you know, I'm not, uh, not being sacrilegious here, just wondering if he tweets at 3.30 that God's telling him to open his recruitment. Did he misspell Sal Sinceri? I mean, it's probably Sal telling him to keep his recruitment open because Alabama could have a spot late. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Sal is three letters. Sal is three letters. I mean, people just been a misspelling. Too many times. Yeah. I always say there's one nation under Sal, and then I'm like, no, that's not it. Um, (laughs) uh, Sal recruits Mobile. Sal recruits Mobile, for those of you unaware. 
Okay, so then the next couple here, uh, Sage Ryan, Tarion Arnold. Sage Ryan, of course, committed to LSU. We all know that pretty famously. But you would have to think, for the love of all things, Sal, that uh, that uh, <laughs> people who are committed to LSU right now are looking around. I know Sage Ryan's family is, is just steeped in purple and gold, and that's why he ended up there. But my goodness, I mean, if you can't look around and see that tire fire going on, then you know you're going to sort of deserve what you get. Xavier Sori still out there. Terry and Arnold, as I mentioned, and uh, they also mentioned uh, Tariq Sapp, another defensive lineman. But I'm going to sort of put that on hold. I doubt Alabama, he ends up at Alabama. And then finally, they bring up Kamar Wheaton, the running back, who I assume will be going to Oklahoma. But of those guys, who do you think we have the best shot with? I'm going to say Xavier Sori, but maybe because he's been one of my favorites all along. You know, gun to my head, I'm going to say he's going to go to Georgia. But um, I, I, I really like Xavier Sori. I have from the very beginning. Sori also has a younger brother, no, a cousin uh, that plays on his on his high school team, uh, who is going to be one of the nation's top 2023 guys. So that's a bonus. Um, I, I'm not. It's kind of a weird signing day, Luke. Where I think we've signed this great group. The only two players I feel some level of confidence in are Worthy and Thomas, two wide receivers. I'm not sure we signed any of the others, but I'm also not upset about it again because I'm like, man, if if you're bringing in 23, 24 high school kids and then have saved room for a couple of transfers because we don't know at Alabama who's transferring out and who's going pro and what holes we might have in the lineup that can be patched by a transfer in. So I'm not saying I'm rooting against signing those freaks because a lot of them are freaks like Terry and Arnold and Sage Ryan. They're great players and I want them. I'm just saying I'm not going to be depressed if, if, if you don't get them because I'll immediately look to transfers and what our roster looks like, you know, around the late signing period. And, and, and there's also a late sign period, by the way, some of these kids may choose to sign late. Uh, which makes things interesting. Uh, so so I, I'm not going to be upset if it's only Thomas or Worthy. Even though I'm optimistic on both, Luke, uh, maybe it's just numbers. I only feel like we'll end up with one. I think we'll end up with one of those two kids. Uh, I'm not sure we'll land anyone else. We might come in second for all the rest. And, again, that would be fine. No, no, no problem. Yeah, because there might be some guys in the transfer market, like you mentioned, that uh... – we're certainly down for uh, that. I could certainly see that. And I'll tell I mean, you. What, what if Job goes pro? I mean, and, and I'm not saying yeah. that we don't have corners on the roster that can step in. But if Sertan and Job go pro, Alabama might be very interested in bringing in a badass transfer corner. And if you sign 26 kids in the incoming class, you can't bring in a transfer corner. You are out of room. That's right. And there will be people, and gosh, it's so fresh. I, I know it, it's, it's, I shouldn't be this way because it's just mean and maybe even elitist. And God knows I try not to do that. But we have a lot of fans who don't understand the 2585 rule. And I guarantee you it'll drive me nuts. But I'll see as soon as we have transfers out, let's say I'm just picking names. Chris Braswell and Jalen Armour Davis transfer out. We'll immediately see posts like, what two guys can we add in because they're gone? The answer to that is zero, none. You can't. We're full. It doesn't matter that you had players leave. That affects the 85. The transfers are a 25 rule also. If you sign the full 25, you can't bring in a transfer, period. Hmm. 
there's some rules that really need to change, you know, because if somebody has a bad transfer year like LSU might, they're right. Might be yeah, I don't know. I was surprised when they made the new rule, you know, you can transfer freely. Everybody's free to go and you can transfer once and not have to sit out. But it's going to count against the 25. To me, I sort of look like it's kind of like a NASCAR. It was like a governor, you know, like a restrictor, like <laughs> everybody can drive fast now, but you can't drive that fast. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a governor on that to, to kind of prevent the mass migration that would happen. You know, so I, I guess that was the thinking. And in that way, it's kind of smart. But like you said, Luke, you get 15 guys that leave. Man, you can be really shorthanded. We, we heard this year, thanks to COVID, that being shorthanded is really, really bad and unhealthy for the team. And you can't play football with just 45 guys. Well, uh, you know, when when have got a lot of kids transferring out and you can't replace them, uh, everybody's going to be shorthanded. Kudos to you for the first NASCAR reference on this podcast. Uh, I became a NASCAR fan in 2020. It happened when it was the only sport going on, and uh, I find that I sort of kind of like it, though I admit once football started, I haven't really kept up with things. I kind of Although feel Chase like Elliott, you, Chase Elliott I'm, won the cup. I kind of feel like that's why Kelly married you. Like uh, I kind of fell in love with him when I looked around and go, oh, God, I guess he's <laughs> the bunch. That's pretty much what happened. I can tell you what she's not in love with, and that's an ass car. <laughs> I try. Well, yeah, Kelly I and I have been common. Um, except she's much prettier and much smarter than me. Uh, our hate for NASCAR lives in infamy. Um, all right, everybody, that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, Jimmy, roll tie. Roll tie.